Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. And welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith. Here alone for a solo interview episode. It is the most wonderful time of the year. NBA draft is just about 36 hours away. I don't think anything's better. We've already had a trade. Dwight Howard reunited with Mitch Kupchak. It is a beautiful story for the ages. I just imagine Mitch and Dwight underneath that waterfall and Mitch telling them no matter what occurs, stay alive, I will find you. Ah, he got him back. It's beautiful. I don't get it, really. But hey, uh, the Nets get a locker room cancer and salary cap relief for next year. I'm so excited. It's going to be a, a crazy, crazy few days. We told you five days ago that the next seven days would be insane. It's already started. I'm so excited. All right, if you want more Fast Break Breakfast, you can get that at patreon.com slash Fast Break Breakfast, get access to exclusive bonus content, kind of Chuck's Bonnaroo Diary, which is getting extensive. Uh, sorry, it hasn't been released yet. There's multiple angles and uh, lawyers that have to be consulted. Um, speaking of the draft, of course, if you're in the Nashville area, we're hosting an NBA draft party at 6 p.m., at the mainstay in East Nashville. We will have two-for-one drinks, all beers, all well drinks, and a $5 wing special. We're giving away Grizzlies draft hats that are very expensive. They retail for $36. Uh, we have some other signed stuff from the whole team, a Chandler Parsons Chan Coon hat. Going to be a lot of fun. Even if you're not a Grizzlies fan, if you're in Nashville, come to the mainstay at 6 p.m., on Thursday. And if you're buying tickets this summer for any event, I just bought my summer league tickets for the first couple days just in case I don't get a press pass. Uh, if you're buying tickets, you can use SeatGeek and use our code FASTBREAKBREAK to get $20 off that first purchase. And to tell you more about it, we have a guest ad read. Why should you use SeatGeek instead of someone else? Well, saves you time and saves you money. To the more important commodities in our lives these days they aggregate ticket selling sites together so you don't have to go to eight sites and then oh i'm gonna look at the ninth one now because i'm not quite sure i was totally that way of course and then they also rank every ticket based on value so you look at the section you want to sit in find that big green dot the darker green the better you'll you'll start to experience just endorphins when you see that green dot and know that you're getting an awesome deal on the ticket i used seek geek to go to a bucks wizards game got awesome seats there for my uh, fiance and me and not only sporting events but also concerts comedy every type of live event that has a ticket so the way to get started with them download the seek geek app and enter that familiar promo code fast break break by using that code to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. That's promo code FASTBREAKBREAK. For $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase, let them know that you came from us. Fast break and another break. 
Fast break, break. My guest today covers the NBA for ESPN in virtually every capacity. She co-hosts the web series Buckets and appears on the Hoop Collective podcast and is a first-time guest on Fast Break Breakfast, Cassidy Hubberth. Cassidy, how are you? I'm great, Keith. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, Very excited to have you on. I want to know about how you became an NBA reporter and host and like what's your, I don't know, what you're excited about this offseason. But before we get there, we always start talking about breakfast on this show. So uh, you travel a lot, it seems, in your job. Yeah. So I want to know, my question is, have you found any particular breakfast spots in NBA cities that you make an effort to go back to? Oh, man. So, like, I love breakfast. It's uh, it's one of my – I would say it's my favorite meal of the day. Um, and breakfast foods, I can eat it all day. Uh, but when I'm on the road, <laughs> it's a little tricky for me to actually go out to eat. Um, so I am – typically ordering room service as I'm prepping or, um, you know, rushing to get to shoot around or in between um, shoot around and and, and heading to the uh, arena for the game. So I would say I don't have a particularly, a particular spot in any city. If I'm going to give any city love, of course, it's going to be Chicago. Obviously, that's my hometown. There are a lot of great places to eat in Chicago, but the sad truth is um, I typically just uh, go to either a local Starbucks and get a banana and some bands and bagels and my tea and I'm out the door to shoot around or I just uh, order breakfast uh, to the room as I'm getting ready. So not, not too exciting. I'm sorry. I can't help the listeners out. So your, your answer is $12 <laughs> room service coffee. <laughs> it's exactly like I, I have, I don't know when I look at my bank account, I'm like, what, where'd all that money go? Oh, it's $50 of room service per meal. I'm like oatmeal. What are you doing? Um, but look, uh, when you're on the road and you're, you're packing up uh, a lot of uh, interviews and um, trying to see both teams, I guess you just pay for convenience. Yeah. So what, what is your favorite? If you saying saying breakfast is your favorite food, uh, what is your favorite though? If you're not traveling, if you have the freedom to get anything, if you're eating luxuriously, any time of day that is convenient. Well, I mean, I love eggs and I love an omelet, you know, I love a, like a cheddar and broccoli omelet. Are you talking about specific food or like a, a, a no, that's perfect. Way to go. Yeah. 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 yeah so I, I love that. And then, you know, I'm a, I'm a cereal nut. Um, like when I have it, it's a treat, but I can eat it at any point of the day. Like sometimes cereal is like my um, dessert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just so good. Um, so yeah, I you know if I'm being healthy, like an egg white omelet. Um, and if I'm not being healthy, then I'm gonna throw some hash browns in there as well, um, and you know sausage. So yeah, uh, give it all to me, <laughs> <laughs> all of the breakfast. That's perfect. So you're you're a Bulls fan from Chicago. Like, did you did you grow up on the MJ Bulls? MJ being your favorite player, is that how you became a sports fan? Well, um, Jordan actually wasn't my favorite player. Um, Ron Harper was, and oh. Gary Payton. Oh, very nice. Oddly. Uh, but um, I grew up watching the Jordan Bulls. I mean, I was a, like uh, I was in grade school and middle school throughout the championships. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of just in my blood. Uh, it's how I, you know, it was my first true love when it came to sports. 
um, were the Bulls. And then I, you know, basketball uh, was my favorite sport growing up. And, um, you know, I was pretty good until I peaked too soon. That was after <laughs> middle school. Uh, <laughs> I ended up being better at soccer later on in life, but because um, I didn't work on my left. But I'm not so bitter about that, but don't, not at all. Don't worry about that. Uh, so yeah, the basketball has been in my, um, just my life since as long as I can remember. When you were dominating in middle school or when you were peaking in middle school, your words, uh, what, what, yeah. what, what, what playing style were you like? What type of, uh, what was your NBA doppelganger for, for Cassidy Hubbard, middle school oh basketball gosh. star? You know, it's kind of crazy. Like I would, I was like a Matthew Delavidova. <laughs> I just like hustled. Uh, like nonstop running. I mean, I don't know if Matthew Delavidova ever recorded uh, double digit rebounds, but like I was that person who just like always found the ball um, and was like throwing my body around just so I could, you know, get the ball. So um, I, yeah, I had 16 rebounds in one game, five, six, no big deal. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that that was more of my playing style. Like I was, it was more hustle than finesse. <laughs> You're not ready to go, Dennis Rodman. I mean, it sounds like Dennis Rodman. You know what? Boom. See, Keith, you know me better than you. <laughs> I mean, like I just, uh, you know me better than myself because uh, that's that's right. I'm Dennis Rodman, but I could shoot, sorta, kinda. <laughs> Dennis Rodman was actually my favorite NBA player. I always say like pre-tattoo Dennis Rodman was my favorite player. Like I remember him on the Pistons getting yeah, tw- getting 25 yeah. rebounds and blocking shots and close lining Larry Bird. And I'm like, this guy is incredible. Yep. And I want to play basketball like him. Yep. Yep. You know what? That is what I'm going to go with from this point forward. I just <laughs> was trying to think of like, who's a scrappy player Yeah. who, you know, you don't really think of like, you know, God-given skill and talent, and that's why I went with Delavadova. <laughs> that's no a, offense. No, that's that's the exact <laughs> Delavadova slander I would expect from a, from a Bulls fan. Did you did you yeah. this season? Did you jump on the like? Are you still pulling for the Bulls? Uh, did you find yourselves jumping on like the Timber Bulls bandwagon? I mean, it's it's hard for me to pull for teams, especially since now I am. Sure. Um, you know, when I was like, uh, when I was hosting NBA Tonight and NBA Coast to Coast, when I was in studio more, it's still uh, in me. It's part of my DNA, but it's it's hard because when I'm out there following the game, the players talking to coaches, um, it's it, it, like I can't really pull for anybody. I'm, you know, it's I'm not a fan. I'm a fan because of my passion for um, the game and, uh, what's happening in and around the game. But my, my fandom has certainly changed since, uh, you know, um, going into this profession. So uh, I, as far as the timber bulls, yeah, I found that to be really odd. I mean, I think it was more like I got a lot of Timberwolves games. I only had one bulls game and that was because they were playing the Timberwolves. Um, and you know, I, it made me feel comfortable with, you know, storylines in around that, um, that team, because I knew all those guys from the bulls. And so, you know, that, that was helpful. Um, I don't necessarily think I was rooting for them, but it, it helped made made my job easier because I knew the relationship with like Taj and Jimmy and Tibbs and, you know, Jimmy. And then, you know, so it just was, uh, I, I think that's what was helpful for me. Well, as an objective bulls fan, or as an objective NBA reporter, that is, are you now <laughs> prepared to compare LeBron James or Michael Jordan for an all-time player debate? Can you put LeBron James over him, or are you still Michael Jordan? 
No, I'm not going to put LeBron James over him, but I am definitely way more open to the discussion and like listening to people and not just shutting them down. Um, I, uh, you know, like what he did this year was, um, was incredible was, uh, and, and the fact that I had front row seats to some pretty big moments, um, you know, I, I didn't take that for granted. And so my appreciation for LeBron James, uh, you know, it grows, um, like it feels like by the day. So, uh, and I just feel like, you know, when I was younger watching Jordan and I was a kid, it's just, it's different how you kind of consume, um, the game and how, how your depth of appreciation. I just, I don't feel like I was able to truly watch Jordan the way I'm watching LeBron right now. And so, um, I guess my, my feeling is, is that I don't think there's ever going to be anything that, you know, LeBron does to get me off of Jordan. I, maybe this is, maybe this is where my, you know, my, my, my blind, you know, you know, uh, loyalty, loyalty, loyalty and Jordan lies with that. I just feel like Jordan was the first and changed the game for everyone, um, including LeBron. And so he will forever be number one. And, but I am not opposed to LeBron being one B. I just, I think it's uh, really hard to say who's better than the other because they had two diff- very different careers. And if we're going to play the one-on-one game, like that's dumb because <laughs> like, it's just like, that's the, the, uh, that's just not what, what is the discussion? Almost like what's the discussion for MVP? Um, there's just too many, um, there's just too many definitions of, uh, you know, better. So I, I'm, I'm open to one A and one B because I think um, like Jordan, LeBron is a generational player that everyone should appreciate. And I don't see anyone else like close to them as being generational players. Yeah, that's well said. But your Bulls loyalty, you would put LeBron James over Derrick Rose? <laughs> yes. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm just checking. I mean, you know what, though? I did not mean to laugh because Derrick Rose was, um, he meant a lot. He, he, he means a lot to the city of Chicago. And, you know, I covered that game when he came back with the Knicks and he, he got booed. And it hurt me a little bit that the Chicago crowd did that. And I don't know why they did that. Um, a, he got traded. Um, you know, and I, I know it got messy, but, uh, you know, I just, I do, I have, a, I feel bad a little bit for, for Derek Rose. Cause you know, it's, it's, it's not his fault that, you know, yeah. his, uh, his body failed him. Um, you know, we've had, we've heard that story time and time again. So to me, he's not, I, I don't like using him as a punchline, um, anymore because, um, you know, he, what he gave the city of Chicago when he was an MVP and he, when he was the, you know, that, the, the, that city's, the son of that city, um, was special. It was a very special time to be a Bulls fan when he was, when he was at his, uh, at his best. Yeah. So you, you cover the NBA again, as I said, in all manner of forms, like you're, you're a studio host, you, like you're hosting the lottery show. I remember you, you're a sideline reporter, you're at all these games, you're on any number of draft preview shows. Was it always your goal to get into the NBA to, to cover it that way? Or, or did, would you have been fine with another sports, you know, another covering another sport? And it just so happened you ended up covering the NBA. Well, I mean, like I said, the NBA is my, my first love, and I would say it's my truest love when it comes to sports. It's what, you know, um, I'm mo- most passionate about and what I feel like it's my personality the most. Um, 
but you know, originally I, uh, I started ESPN doing college football. And before that, you know, my first big break, um, was covering college football, uh, on air. I, I covered the SEC for Fox Sports South in Atlanta. And so like, I, you know, I didn't really cover the NBA until my, um, Hmm, I want to say like fourth year at ESPN. This is now my eighth year um, going on nine. So um, like I, I was pretty much because all of my professional experience was in and around college football. Um, that originally was, you know, kind of the path I was seeking, especially since ESPN has, you know, such a um, presence in the college football world with game day, of course. And then we, you know, have uh, the majority of the college football games, which, you know, still to this day, I, 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 I am involved with college football. I call, um, uh, I, I work with the studio wraps on the, all the ABC games. So every Saturday um, I'm, you know, cutting into all of the games on ABC with highlights from all across the country. And then at the end of the day, I do a wrap up um, where I recap the, the day in, in college football. So I still get a taste of college football because it just happens to be the off season um, or at least, you know, part of the off season for the NBA. So, um, you know, I would say that like college football was my first professional love, but um, you know, the NBA is my first true love. And then, so when I was able to, after I started at ESPN doing college football for our digital, then I, then I ventured into trying to, um, do more, um, sports center and, um, hosting, you know, I basically posted every single show at ESPN <laughs> aside from outside the lines and NFL countdown. So, you know, I made the rounds, even did baseball tonight and first take and sports nation and all that. Um, but, uh, um, a man by the name of Bruce Bernstein, um, you know, uh, gave me an opportunity to host NBA tonight. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I couldn't turn it down because that's exactly what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to, you know, find a property that I could own and the fact that it was the MBA and I could make that shift, um, just felt in- incredibly natural. So, you know, I was, I hosted MBA tonight for three years and, um, it was, you know, still looking back, it was one of the best experiences in my first professional career because you know maybe not a lot of people watched it other than my mom <laughs> because we were usually on at 2 a.m wrapping up the games but um you know i you know i had ownership of it I, me and the producers really um you know i was a big part of the creative process so um that's kind of how i got into the mba world within under the espn umbrella and then i got more opportunities from there going forward so i as you cover the NBA and as it's been a passion of yours and you've been able to get, be involved in like so many different games and moments and interact with so many players, have you run across any current players that you think in their post-playing careers would just be terrific analysts? Oh, yeah. You know what? We actually um, did a second screen show during the finals um, where basically we were watching the game while the game was going on and, you know, analyzing and just talking like as if we were on our couch and we had Richard Jefferson on and um, he was amazing. He like, he has the perfect mix of um, humor while also serious analysis. Um, 
And, you know, like he, he, he's going to be a star if he really wants to uh, do this. You know, we already know that he has a knack for, you know, entertainment because of his podcast, Road Chipping, um, you know, with Channing Fry and um, Allie. So I'm going to have to bleep, just, uh, I'm gonna have to bleep that Road Tripping out, but keep going. Oh, no, I'm kidding. My bad. I'm, ki- I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> oh, competition. Yeah, man. Let's get him on TV um, <laughs> and off these podcast airwaves. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. <laughs> no, but he, um, you know, he was, he was awesome. I mean, it was also pretty cool to watch a, you know, be able to watch a game with someone who is a year removed being basically with, um, these same guys. So, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was certainly, um, uh, a moment to remember watching that J.R. Smith play with, um, Richard Jefferson, because he tried to probably make every excuse possible <laughs> for, for J.R. And I was like, no. that was that was bad so he he definitely has a future yeah yeah i I mean i'm a i'm a big richard jefferson fan i agree with you everything you said like he's he's so funny it's funny when you listen to an nba player and you're like man that guy's so funny that's crazy like he's really good at basketball yeah he's one of the best basketball players in the world and he's also incredibly bright and charismatic and like yeah man like I, yeah, I like that guy. Um, so those <laughs> those second screen shows, uh, which I, I remember, I tuned into the one where you had, um, can't remember what it was. It was a couple uh, WNBA players. Uh, yes, Lisa Leslie, Rebecca Lobo, and Shnea Gumake. There you go. Yeah, like I like that. Um, I like the options on the commentary tracks. Whoever I'm going to listen to. So, how do you think that that's going to change? NBA broadcasts in the future. Do you think eventually we're going to be on the same channel and we're going to be able to like just toggle whatever commentary tracks or are they going to just have more things like that where there's different online or even on, I think that was on ESPN too, like other ways to listen to somebody or are there any other changes you think that we're going to see in NBA broadcasts coming soon? Yeah, I think we're going to continue to do these, uh, these second screen experiences because, you know, I think options, I don't think we're ever going to get rid of the traditional, um, uh, broadcast because I know I still I wouldn't want just you know uh, graphics and just random conversation like I, I so, sometimes I want just the announcers to tell me what's going on in the game you know so um I, but but I may be different I know I I, I know there's um, a lot of new things out there but I, within ESPN I know that they have plans to continue these second screen sh- shows and. Um, you know, give people um, all the uh, camera angles and um, in-depth stats and, uh, you know, different viewpoints and, like, ongoing conversations throughout the game that people can just kind of hang out with. Um, and I guess the, the, I think the point is, is that, um, you know, we know that people are viewing games through multiple screens, you know, I, I know I watch my TV while I'm watching my Twitter feed, um, while I'm watching my tweet deck. Um, and you know, if, uh, I could have on my iPad, you know, the second screen show, um, just so I can, you know, watch what Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy say about Jr. And then I, you know, mute that. And I listen to what, uh, you know, Alvin Gentry and Karan Butler and Richard Jefferson say about, you know, the Jr. play, like, I, I, it's just like Twitter. I mean, people are going through Twitter just to see all the reactions across NBA Twitter. I think, um, the more options you give people, I think the more they'll consume it. And I think that's what's so great about the NBA is because, um, you know, Adam Silver has, I think, 
hasn't been as strict as some of the other leagues when it comes to allowing people to sh- to, to share information, to share video, um, to help uh, you know viewers and um, fans connect with the game more, connect with these these personalities. Um, and so, you know, I just I, I see that being the future. Uh, it's just m- more screens and more options for people to consume. So speaking of having that tweet deck open while you watch the games, you're really involved with NBA Twitter. You're on the Buckets show with Worldwide Wob, where you guys break down a lot of just kind of like the pop culture moments, the moments that are breaking on Twitter of like the off-court stuff and how fans are consuming everything that's going on. One of the biggest stories recently was the mess with the Colangelo burner saga or the Barber, <laughs> the Barber Bottini burner saga, whatever the saga is. Um, where did that evening for you kind of rank in the pantheon of all-time NBA Twitter days? Oh, man. That was, that was special. <laughs> I don't know. You know, so I was going through this actually with Rob and, you know, what, what have been the craziest stories of this year? That, obviously, and the secret tunnel with the Clippers, the JR soup uh, throwing, um, and then Katie's burner account. I would have to say, I would still say it's Katie's burner account. Okay. Because we're talking about the second best player in the league, and we're talking about him admitting he has burner accounts and that it was him and that he took a direct shot at Russell Westbrook. So to me, it's just like, I don't know if you can top I don't, I mean, Colangelo. Okay, sure. And who, you know, he did his wife dirty through under the bus. So yeah. yeah okay. So we're going to say, you know, it was his wife. Um, how'd you get this information? But we're, 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 let's just stop there. But um, I would still say like, I care more that the second best player in the world um, has a burner account and more so than, you know, um, right. Yeah. Call Angelo. That, the, the, you know, that, I guess that's, I mean, it's weird. It's weird that she had five burner accounts or he had five burner accounts, whatever you want to say. And that he was like, you know, sharing this information, but it's just right. Yeah. The, the Durant thing was like a, it's like a bigger, more important thing, but the Colangelo story, the way it unfolded better drama. Like that felt more like a movie where like I, there's twists and turns and I'm really, I'm really getting a, like, like, like a, a full experience. Also much like the, the DeAndre Jordan uh, free agency I escapade. Will say, I will say that you can, that there's twists and turns to Kevin Durant as well. Yeah. Because, you know, who says he doesn't still have the burner account? We never found out, unlike Colangelo, where we found out what the burner accounts were. Oh yeah. Well, there we was another found- one like a week ago, right? I feel like it was confirmed. I mean, it was confirmed circumstantially enough in Twitter's mind because, like, the accounts got deleted, the guy who discovered them was blocked, and then it was over. So, For yeah. Kevin Durant, you mean? Yeah. I feel like there was another Kevin Durant in the last few, four days where, where someone... Okay, but what did he say? Just the same stuff. Like, uh, like Kevin, like, like Katie had a bad game because, like, Steph was getting in his rhythm and... You know, it, it knocked. Katie forgot, like he was he was locked in or something. It was like it was just the yeah. normal. Dur- it was the normal Durant stuff of like, oh, Durant had a bad uh, game one because he was he was you know. How do we know? How do we know? Because uh, Kevin Durant burner account like that has been like the biggest meme of the season. So, so we we have no idea. Yeah, yeah, it's it's because true. I mean, there's there again a, a court of law. Uh, no, 
we, we don't we don't have it. <laughs> but uh, it was circumstantial enough. We're like, oh, this guy blocked me. Oh, these accounts are now deleted. So we're like, all right. But you, you, can, you could argue like he went on this tangent after he wins his first NBA title. Yeah. Okay. And um, you know, because he's I don't know for whatever reason he doesn't he still. Um, getting messages from Thunder fans. And then he goes and he wins a second title. And, uh, you know, we all saw the look during the parade. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, if anything else breaks, I mean, two, two championships that help ease his mind a little bit, but um, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Well, Cassidy, thanks so much for making time uh, to come on my show this week, especially draft week. Are you involved with the draft coverage at all? No, I, you know, I did those draft specials. I'm uh-huh. going to be there and I, I may do some stuff because I also host um, some sports center on Snapchat. Um, and uh, I will be doing a couple things maybe with our Snapchat show there, but gotcha. I'm just going to uh, just be in and around uh, the Barclays Center. Yeah. You just get to uh, see what's going on. So that's, that's pretty fun. Yeah. And, um, well, again, uh, thanks so much. And uh, hopefully we can get you back on here some other time. No problem. This was funky. Appreciate it. All right, thanks to Cassidy for coming on. You can follow her on Twitter at Cassidy Hubberth or see her pretty much everywhere if you watch ESPN or college football. I didn't even know she did college football. Uh, I don't watch. But uh, if you want to support our show, you can do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Sign up for the $3 a month Slack chat and get access to all kinds of exclusive bonus content. If you're buying tickets this summer, use that SeatGeek code fast break break follow me on twitter at fast break break if you are in the nashville area come to the mainstay at 6 p.m on draft night draft night is my favorite night i can't wait the mainstay at 6 p.m on thursday john chuck myself are going to be there for a memphis grizzlies official watch party in nashville we'll be watching the draft for several hours it's gonna be a blast all right you guys are the best Thanks for listening, and remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, no apologize for being GNG. Fair break, break, man. You understand? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.